morning, guys. This is Sean. And this is Dana. And welcome to our podcast, Morning with the Mishes. Yeah, so this is born out of just good conversations and this need that both of us felt on our heart to be able to share these conversations with like the people that we love that maybe we wouldn't otherwise be able to say it to them um, or just to people in general. Uh, sometimes we found that like I thought something Sean said was super edifying, he thought something I said was edifying mm-hmm. and we just wanted to be able to share that with people. Um, as introverts, yep. we were aware that <laughs> taking us out of our natural habitat, the conversations would probably not flow as easily. So that is why we have created this podcast also because we are a little bit cooped up right now, as yep. you all know, with COVID-19, as it is called. So we're making the best of it. Yep. So basically, pandemic plus introverts equals podcast, I think, is what we've got here. Yeah. <laughs> and plus the Holy Spirit, because mm-hmm. God willing, we are doing this all for Him and all for His greater honor and glory. And yeah, just to bring you a little bit of brightness in your morning, in your day, whenever you happen to listen to this. So hopefully this is a good opportunity for you guys to... Start off your day with something refreshing, something edifying, and just something that brings you closer to the Lord. Yeah, and we also hope that we make you laugh. A lot. (laughs) Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Morning with the Mishes. Uh, Blessed Good Friday to all of you listening. Um, Yeah, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous day outside, which... For me, is always a little weird on Good Friday. Um, but just... it's also super cold, so that makes up for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a weird thing. To, it's a weird way to start a Good Friday, though, with, like, a sunny day and, like, yeah. beautiful weather. Because, I don't know, my mind always goes to, um, the Gospels tell us that in, that on Good Friday, like, when Jesus died... Like, nature itself sort of rebelled and, like, cried out um, mm-hmm. against the fact that, that Jesus had died, that, like, the creator had come and was killed by the creatures who he loved. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, so it's always weird for me looking out on a Good Friday and seeing, like, the sun shining and the birds singing. Like, it's so beautiful, and yet it's such a weird juxtaposition of, like, wow, the earth is so good and so beautiful today and yet we're remembering something so painful so sorrowful something that is is so good that is like the source of our salvation and yet what sorrow mm-hmm. yeah sorrow that literally the earth shook and like the sky went dark and the veil between um the sanctuary uh, the sanctuary um opened up like, what a wild thing for a day like that to be so beautiful today. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But here we are in it. And, yeah, to take from it the both the sorrow and the beauty of, mm-hmm. of the day and of what the Lord has done. 
I mean, when it's beautiful out, I can't help but think about the Lord's mercy mm. and how his, especially how his mercies are new every morning. But this is the day that we really are very aware of his mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, he literally poured himself out for us on the cross. Mm. Yeah. So the day maybe reflects that mercy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Mm. Yeah, and it's good to like to see that, to realize what good has come out of such a chaotic thing, really. Like mm-hmm. because that is, that's I mean, literally the immortal, eternal, all good God became man and was brutally killed mm-hmm. and experienced death like the one who is the author of life experienced death mm-hmm. and like what a dark chaotic thing that is in itself like if like if that's where it stopped if it was just the crucifixion and nothing like utter chaos utter chaos utter chaos um there's uh, a tradition in the church, um, which we didn't get to do this year, but one that's very near and dear to my heart, on um, the Tuesday of Holy Week, there's usually usually a celebration um, called uh, Tenebrae, which um, in Latin means uh, shadows, essentially. Mm. Um, and in that year, um, you're praying and chanting some prayers, um, and um, usually it's in a church, and as you're as you're praying those prayers and reading those readings, like as you're going through, there are seven candles that are like out and lit. Mm. And, and as you're going through each one, you're slowly like putting out each candle. Um, Mm -hmm. and you get to, to the last candle, um, which is kind of representing like the, um, kind of the light of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, and the priest who's celebrating it takes that candle, takes it out of the church to some back room, um, and slams the door of whatever room he goes into as like um, to represent the sound of like the grave closing, um, mm. and and then there's um, essentially there's supposed to then be like this loud sound called the strepitus I think it's called, um, which is supposed to represent like just the chaos that is like oh my gosh God experienced death. Mm. And like just that nature cried out against that and just the, the, the darkness and the chaos of that. And the way we did it at my parish is um, basically once the priest went out and like slammed the door, everyone in the church was told to start just like banging their hands on the, on the pew in front of them. So it's this just like loud cacophonous din of like just... Mm-hmm the loudest drum roll you've ever heard but just like coming from everyone just like pounding on the pews and then it just all goes quiet and then the priest brings the candle back out um, as a reminder that that's not that that chaos is not the end of the story Mm. that yes we're we're coming to we're coming to the point where we celebrate or we remember the the death of christ but christ didn't stay in the grave and so we enter into sorrow today, but we also enter into it with a sense of hope. Because mm-hmm. if, again, if if it stopped at the crucifixion, 
then we should just all go home and do our own thing. Like, there's no point to keep, to continue. Like, God died. Life sucks. Game over. (laughs) But he didn't just die. He died and took on our sin and paid that price, but also rose to new life. And he gives us that life that he won for us. Mm. All right, so I think what we're going to do now is... um, just take you through um, a part of the gospel for the day. Um, not the whole thing, because it's very, very long. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but just a snippet, just to, um, just to sit and pray with and reflect on with you guys. Um, so yeah. Then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and clothed him in a purple robe. They came up to him, saying. Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no crime in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no crime in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard these words, he was even more afraid. He entered the praetorium again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? Jesus gave no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and the power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, He who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Upon this, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king sets himself against Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement, and in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote a title and put it on the cross. It read, 
Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this title, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. The chief priests of the Jews then said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but this man said I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and made four parts, one for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was without seam, woven from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture. They parted my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did this. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A bowl of vinegar stood there, so they put a sponge full of the vinegar on hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, in order to prevent the bodies from remaining on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they may be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place, that the scripture might be fulfilled. None of bone of him shall be broken. And again another scripture says, They shall look on him whom they have pierced. Behold the man. Behold the man who did not argue, who did not fight, though he could see the end. Behold Jesus, who loved so much, yet so little loved in return. He saw you, he saw me. 
And if it were just one of us, only one of us, he would have done it again and again. When he says, I thirst, it was not for drink as they thought. It was for love and souls. How much our Lord longs for us to draw near. When we feel like we've screwed up. When we feel like there's no possible good in us. He calls us to draw near to him. He still loves us. He still longs for us. If only we would come near. If only we let him in. He would change our hearts. He would show our hearts what true love is. Would show us what we're longing for. Let him into your heart. Let him into your home. We don't have to do much. He doesn't ask us to do. He just asks us to be, to surrender. to just let him in. To love him. To walk with him. To let him walk with us. Let him show you his compassion. Suffer with him. Don't just carry your sufferings and not look at Jesus look at Jesus look on the one who is pierced and you will be healed he will draw out of you all that is not of him Leave it at the foot of the cross where it will be destroyed, obliterated, never again to be looked at. Go to him. He waits for you. He waits for you in the sacraments, in confession. He waits for you even in your own heart and the places where you never realized it, but he is. He's in your neighbor. He's in your home. He's in the smallest thing of each day. He is waiting for you because he loves you. Not to condemn you, he doesn't wait to condemn us. He waits to forgive us, to turn our eyes toward love, not to focus on sin, not to focus on failing, 
He destroyed all those. He has victory over those. The cross was not the end. Let him draw you into love, true love. Let him cast out your fear. Let him cast out your sin, your worry, your regrets. He thirsts for you. There's a section in today's reading from Isaiah. It's, it's a long reading, but there's a small section of it that that says, when he makes himself an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the fruit of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. The Lord is satisfied in you. He did this for you. He did this for us. For no other reason, for us. To save us. We have a God who became man and died for us. Just so that we could spend eternity with him. He is satisfied in our love. His thirst is satisfied in us turning to him and loving him and giving him ourselves. He is satisfied by our happiness because that is what heaven is, is our fulfillment, our happiness, the fullness of what we were made for. He is satisfied by seeing the fruit of the travail of his soul. All this darkness, all the sorrow, all the sadness, all the pain and the suffering of the cross. To him, it's worth it. For us who turn to him. To love him and to serve him and to spend eternity with him. To spend eternity happy and fulfilled and one with him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, lead us into this mystery. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, teach us how to love and be loved. Teach us how to let go. And to let you be our God, our Savior, to give you control. Incline our hearts. To walk with you, 
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us, and may the Lord be with you today. Um, highly recommend, if you can, find a cross or a crucifix that you can venerate today, since we can't venerate um, the cross together in a church. Find a cross or crucifix in your home, um, and yeah, venerate it. Remember that today, on the wood of the cross, Christ died and saved us. And just enter into that as much as you can. Mm. And we will see you all Monday. after Easter. Yes. <laughs> Until then, have a blessed rest of your triduum. Mm -hmm. And God be with you. Peace be with you. Bye. Bye.